Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's Trinidad and Tobago. One country, two very different islands, two very different places. One island is what you expected when you arrived wearing flip-flops and a Hawaiian shirt all greased up with cocoa butter. The other ain't about that at all. I took a walk through this beautiful world Felt the cool rain on my shoulder Found something good in this beautiful world If I had the choice, I would choose to live back when Calypso brought the news. If I had the choice, I would choose to live right back when Calypso brought the news. No more reporters, no anchormen, no recorder, no pad and pen. No nosy cameras to point and shoot, no red ink to cross out the truth. Many visitors come to Trinidad for one thing and one thing only, carnival, which locals say is the biggest party on earth. A pre-Lenten festival of costumes, food, copious drinking, and the kind of dancing you better be good at before trying in public. It's almost two months before the party officially starts, but here in Trinidad's capital, Port of Spain, the carnival season has already begun. I said it was a pity that you um, went here during the peak of the carnival season. Uh, I'll tell you something really terrible about myself. <laughs> like, I've never been to Mardi Gras, Carnival in Rio, any kind of carnival. Like okay. large numbers of strangers swarming through the streets, dancing in uniforms. Doesn't do it for you? No. Some of my deepest fears are, are having to dance or sing in public. Either of these would be terrifying. So this seems like a situation where that might come up. <laughs> you know? Queens Park Savannah will be the epicenter of carnival. But tonight, it's still Trinidad's street food center. My dinner companion for some fried snapper is LaShawn Prescott, 
who's here to tell me about two essential skills necessary for the proper enjoyment of local nightlife. Turns out I am very good at one and suck epically at the other. What is liming? Liming is like our version of hanging out. Right. You know, um, you're with friends, you're chilling. That's liming. Is it's, there alcohol involved? Chances are if uh, you're, if you're most liming, probably. you're, you're well, I mean, you can lime without beer. What about the rum? I haven't had any rum here. How does one drink rum here, and which rum should I be drinking? Does one drink it on so rocks? One or drinks mixed? it with Coke. With Coke? Yeah, rum and Coke. But the rum's supposed to be really, really good here. Yeah. What do I want to mess it up with, with Coke for? <laughs> okay, so we've established what liming is. What is whining? The, the technical term is the circumduction of the hips, um, and it's a style of dance. And if you're not used to the culture, you don't understand what it means, you can interpret it the wrong way. When you see it for the first time, you can think it's seductive, you can think it's sexual. But people can whine on each other and not really mean anything. I can, I can, right. I can whine on you and it doesn't mean that I want to take you home, you know? It's something that's really about freedom of expression of self. And it's something that crosses ages, uh, races, ethnicities. Especially during carnival time, you see people from high status and people who are, you know, lower class, they both wind together, you know, the barriers are no longer there. It's all just a mix of all the different ethnicities and stuff. The faces you see in the streets are African, Indian, Chinese, Middle Eastern in features and every shade of mix in between. This patchwork of ethnic identities and colors is a direct legacy of Trinidad's colonial past. Located at the southern end of the Caribbean Sea, seven miles offshore from Venezuela, Trinidad and Tobago have long been important ports of call. Like a lot of islands in the area, everybody's been through here at one point or another. The usual European hunters of fortune. The Spanish came looking for gold. Then the Dutch, French, and British took their turns at the real money of the time, sugar. An economy built on plantation labor and slavery. Finally, the island hit the big money. Oil. A pair of seemingly unrelated events had a big impact on the island's musical culture. During World War II, the U.S. Navy built an oil depot to supply overseas strategic needs. And decades earlier, the ruling British had banned drums made from traditional style animal skins after a series of riots they insisted had been inspired by African drumming. One improvises in such circumstances, and all those oil drums were repurposed. This is phase two, one of only 11 large steel bands taking part in the worldwide competition Panorama that happens in a few weeks. 
Winner gets 150 grand. They've taken home the prize seven times in no small part due to this man, Lennox Bootsy Shark. space is called a panyard, and if you're lucky, somebody nearby is making this. Corn soup, split pea broth, dumplings, and of course, corn. Kim Johnson is a local journalist and historian who knows about this stuff. It's far more complex than you think. to tell you that was incredible I heard a lot of you know little steel drum bands around the caribbean but nothing like that all percussion right 100 percent yes how did your interest in this uh develop i grew up here later i became a writer i discovered there were just hundreds of stories because in the early days up until the 60s these steel bands were partly like like street gangs, they would fight one another. The West Side Story right. kind of thing. The steel bands doubled as that. So I, I just got fascinated by tracking down all of these pioneers and getting their stories and how they got involved. I'll be 64 years this year. I played music as a little kid. Yeah, these stories that he grew up with them in one of his backyards. Yeah. So when he was about three years old, he was going out playing with them. his pieces by layering different types of drums on top of each other. The engine room, made of unpitched percussion, lays down the groove. Next, a section of six bass pans drops a bass line. cello pans add harmonies that sound like strumming. And the frontline pans play the melody. The result, a symphonic wall of sound. Someday, the marriage this with a big orchestra, symphony orchestra. Yeah, that's my dream. It's because of the music Africans survived slavery. And not just physically, survived psychically. It's a question of just improvising instruments. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. 
Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Holy crap. Okay. This is a challenge. People keep coming up to me in the street. The first thing they say is, have you had doubles yet? Did you get a doubles yet? So, I'm eating doubles, all right? Doubles are a Caribbean take on the Indian Shana Batura. Two floppy, tender pieces of soft Indian-style bread loaded with a wet heap of curry chickpeas, pepper sauce, and mango. Structurally, I have questions here. Oh. I don't want seepage. Seepage is never, never good. If somebody uses seepage in a sentence, it, it, nothing good is going to happen. I'm going to suck the paper. I'm, I don't think there's meat in here. But I still like it. It's really, really good. century after Trinidad became independent of the British Empire, there are surprisingly few architectural remnants. But the face of the country and its population were forever changed when slavery ended in 1834, and Great Britain found itself in need of cheap, if not free, labor to work the plantations. They found it in East India. At the abolition of slavery, the plantation owners desperately needed to find labor to fill the void created by the slaves who turned their backs on the plantation for obvious reasons. And they looked around, they tried Portuguese, they tried Chinese, they tried many communities until they found out that the Indians were the best suited because they were already planting sugarcane in India successfully. Between the end of outright slavery and the beginning of World War I, 150,000 indentured servants were brought here from India. Indentured servitude is slavery by another name. The people brought here from India were bought, sold, and treated like property. But were told that if they completed five years of often backbreaking labor, they would be set free. Noon on a Monday, ordinarily a work day, but today the Singh family is having a boy's river wine. the patriarch is a retired diplomat. His son, Keshav, is a music producer. Uncle Charlie is in charge of the cooking. How far back does the family go? 
This family is going back to 1845. 1845. Those were hard times. Life was not good for, for the family in, uh, in India. There was poverty, there was wars and all sorts of things. And yes, they came into real hard times here because the Indian immigrant from India replaced the liberated slaves and the conditions were not very different. Difficult times, but it was a, a means to social mobility and away from their situation in, in India. And we are products, uh, descendants of that generation. with one whole duck, hack into pieces, rub with lime juice, season with hot peppers, garlic, and the tropical herb, Shadow Benny. Add generous helpings of masala and curry powder. Marinate for a bit, then sear in oil, then simmer in coconut milk until tender. Mm, man, that's good. That's really good. We better kill some more ducks, because that is... <laughs> When we have it like this, when we're drinking, before the actual meal, um, it's like an appetizer, but we call it cutters because it cuts the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm sobering up as we speak. <laughs> so, you, look, you're, you're all Trinidadian. Mm -hmm. yeah. Trinidad first, yeah. Indian yeah. second. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I mean, when the Indians came, you know, 160-something years ago, there was a disconnect with the motherland. Most of these Indians were promised that they were going for a short tenure to make a lot of money and, and then return home. They gave return passage or uh, land. Good. land. So when the first Indians took the option to go back, couldn't find the families. Right. And those who found the families were rejected because they said, you guys abandoned us for five years. Wow. You may as well take that five acres of land and stay there. So there's no closure to descendants like us who have not found any connection between our families in, in, in India. Soft parada dough is cooked on a massive tawa and slathered with ghee. But here, just as it's reaching peak flakiness, it gets a beating. Here they call it bust up shot, which means burst up shirt. Burst up shirt. Yeah, because they make a huge parata and then they whack it with two sticks. Oh, okay. I thought they were talking about what's going to happen on my shirt. <laughs> What about skin color? Look, you look at Jamaica, you look at Haiti. I don't get what they say, but what they do is it's still a powerful determinant of where your status is in the, in the power structure. Yeah. Does that exist here? It's not something that has consumed our imagination. Being Trinidadian is not necessarily color tone oriented, but it's more, and I think what people really revel and enjoy is the common experiences. The food is the, the, the glue that binds the society together. In spite of the problem that we have here, we are still one of the most harmonious multi-ethnic societies in the world. And the multi-ethnicity of Trinidad, the multi-religious tolerance, are examples for the world to follow. We are a small island. And if you don't learn to live together, you have to live in the sea. <laughs> we have to. Right. Why? Trinidad is a paradise. Trinidad is nice. Trinidad is a paradise. Long, 
Well, my theory was always the whole world is going to look like Trinidad in hundred years. Anyway, great world. Well, I think so. Cheers to that. Cheers. 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 started 1898, more than a hundred years ago. Most of the Christians were being persecuted by the Turks. So there was an exodus of um, Christians leaving Syria. They, they boarded the ships from Beirut, and as long as it was heading west, they thought they were going to America. Many of our parents landed in Trinidad, and that's when we started. That's the first generation. Just outside of Port of Spain, Bayshore is one of the priciest neighborhoods in the country. I'm here as a guest of the Sabga Abuds, a successful family of Lebanese Syrians. Look, is it like amazing? Beirut. Uh, yes, like Beirut. <laughs> no Arak. I do indeed. Would you like Arak? A little ice and some water would oh, be perfect. Oh, perfect. My drink of choice is Grey Goose and coconut water. <laughs> the family's story is not an uncommon one. The first members came here during the collapse of the Ottoman Empire, arriving penniless. They worked their way up as textile merchants and branched out to run businesses that sell everything from medical equipment to real estate. And how large is the community now in uh, Trinidad? A little under 5,000. That's still a fairly small percentage of the... Uh... Extremely small. Actually, we are the smallest um, ethnic group in Trinidad. But the most powerful, uh, almost the most powerful. Smallest, but the most powerful, huh? That's not bragging. Syrian Lebanese uh, merchant class are, are, are generally seen as the elite. Actually, I'm very big in the food business. I have 120 restaurants. Call me the Starbucks of the Caribbean. <laughs> I can't tell you how, how happy I am about this meal. I love, love the food. This is Rocky B. That's raw kibbe you'll ever eat in your life. Yeah. yeah. So this is the fried version, which is stuffed with the nice stuffing. And then we have the typical hummus. This is muhamra, which is made from chili paste and ground nuts, the best muhamra in Trinidad. <laughs> then we have palatial patties. We have grilled wings with garlic, which is every Arab loves. Fish in tahini sauce. You ever had that? Yeah, beautiful. So I'm going to pour some olive oil over our lovely things, because olive oil is a must. I mean, and how closely do people stay in contact with family or relatives back in Lebanon or Syria, if at all? Not very much. We are Trinidadians, too. As much as we are Lebanese and Syrian, we are Trinidadians. Trinidad has been good to us, yeah. and we know it. But life is good here in Trinidad. Life is very good. But there is a measure of concern in the fact that at one time we used to have a huge middle class which was a sort of a security in terms of any possible conflict between the haves and the have-not. But now that's eroding and they're getting poorer. So they're starting to get angry. What do you think the biggest danger is right now? Civil commotion. Civil commotion. Yeah. We have a crime problem related to gangs, yeah, gang, warfare. Related gang warfare. It ain't all good for everybody here by a long shot.
Trinidad, with a population of only 1.3 million people, had 460 murders last year, giving Port of Spain a per capita murder rate higher than Detroit, Oakland, or Chicago. Mark Bassant covers the subjects of drug and gang-related violence as an investigative journalist. People want you dead. <laughs> you could say that. Who wants you dead, do you think? Well, uh, two years ago, I did a piece about uh, the state prosecutor, Dana Sital, who was shot dead. When state prosecutor Dana Sital left the Mapau Kapa just before midnight on May 3rd, she had no inclination it would be her last moments alive. When Mark began to look into the murder of the prosecutor, an informant told him there was a $20,000 contract on his life. They had people following me over a period of time, some law enforcement officers and so on. So my company put me on a plane. I, was, I stayed on a, under an assumed name for about three months in a location outside of Trinidad. Generally speaking, when people like that want you dead, they get you. Um, why are you back? I guess, to quote from a great U.S. journalist, Walter Cronkite, it's not what you want people to know, it's what they need to know. We need to have people held accountable for certain things. With drug trafficking being one of the biggest businesses in the world, Trinidad continues to be a major transshipment point for drug dealers to get that product out to North America and to Europe. To Europe. So you find now the explosion of violence that we have is for those that are involved locally with the drug trafficking, this fight for territory. An estimated $3.5 billion worth of narcotics move through the Caribbean each year. Trinidad's porous borders, busy port, proximity to Venezuela, and the inevitable corruption that comes with numbers and threats like that make it, unfortunately, an ideal transshipment point. How bad is high-level corruption alleged to be? Fairly deep. I think that the complicity comes across the law enforcement agencies, customs, police officers, uh, even at, at, at higher levels. And with corruption, poverty, hopelessness, add some radical ideology to that, and Trinidad has proved relatively fertile ground for the recruitment of ISIS fighters and terrorists. It's, it's quite alarming. Trinidadian nationals being one of the highest in the region going to Syria. And it's over 100 on a list, an FBI list. They feel that it's the calling from ISIS that they need to go. So what's the future look like? What do you think? How's it going to go? Wow, that's a loaded question. There are really good people here in Trinidad. There are really, really good people that can make a difference on all fronts. If we go down the path that we're going down, they will be all bad. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. So there have been arrests, suspensions, disciplinary hearings. They're shutting down graduation events. At this moment, the part of the protests that are admirable are young people calling attention to atrocities. Michael Roth is the president of Wesleyan University. I would like to make a space for them to do that, as long as that space doesn't prevent other people from pursuing their education. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app.
1990, the radical Islamic group Jamaat al-Muslimin laid siege to Trinidad's parliament, claiming they were responding to rising inequality, poverty, and religious discrimination. What ensued was a violent and terrifying disaster. 26 people were killed in skirmishes, and the hostage-takers, would-be revolutionaries, gave up in exchange for clemency after six days. Little changed. Mohamed Muakil's father took part in the attempted coup. He grew up, in fact, in the Jamaat al-Muslimin compound. But he's chosen to take a different path, music. He's the lead singer of Freetown Collective, a band named after a Port of Spain neighborhood that was once a settlement for freed slaves. They say we can't write no love songs, live fast and we die young. They say we doomed to fail, yeah. They say we prone to violence and a sinking silence. They don't know what they say. No, 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 no. Much like a lot of reggae, his music calls out the social ills that have been disproportionately visited on the Afro-Caribbean population. I see bodies lying in the streets, nations collapsing in midday. Lord, I need to cool my head, my head. They calling it a brave new world, freedom for brave new boys and girls. What good is freedom if you're dead? You look around my city right now, and a lot of young people are choosing death over life because the life that they look at doesn't feel like it's substantiated by anything. In the Freetown neighborhood now called Belmont, he lives with his 81-year-old granny, Nila Natu. The thing is that recently we've had a lot of people, people who I've known, who I grew up with, who've gone to, to fight in Syria, who've left here. I mean, they will tell you that the official count is 140. I would say it's more. You'd say it's more? I'd say it's more. And why do you think people would go? I'd have to go back into my childhood to explain that to you. The coup that happened here happened when I was six years old. And you had all these young people in there who had this idea, you know, we're going to build this thing. There's this community that's going to stand up against what's going on in Trinidad, that's going to stand up against the drugs and stand up against poverty and stand up against crime, and, and nothing happened. In, in none of these causes, uh, religious fundamentalism or fervor has not come up. You, every, every issue you've mentioned so far has been perceived inadequacy of social justice. Right, yeah. So these kids going off to Syria, do they have any idea what they're doing? Are they, no, they just do pissed not. off? No, they do not. People say that poverty breeds crime. I don't think poverty breeds crime in a sense. I think exclusion breeds crime. Because if I truly care for you, if I feel like you are a part of the thing that I exist in, then I won't, I won't hurt you. I might come in your house and steal some food. But when you see that kind of violence being enacted, you have to ask yourself, it's not just somebody saying, I need this tablecloth, I'm going to take this. No, I want this tablecloth and you You've had this tablecloth for too long, so you know what? I'm going to take this out on you. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. And that's what we see now. I mean, how long can people put up with something before they decide this is enough? You know what I mean? Would you say the carnival and that carnival attitude, mm -hmm. the liming culture, is a, might as well be a brilliant strategy to narcotize the people into being satisfied with the status quo? Everything here is somehow designed to pacify it, 
without us really realizing. So our music, which is supposed to give us adrenaline, mm -hmm. as well as sleeping pills sometimes, just doing our sleeping pills. Like, go ahead, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself. You're a trini. Mm -hmm. Trini means fun-loving and happy and whatever, despite whatever it is. Uh. It's a big and delicious home-cooked meal. <laughs> I caught this myself. Really? Yes, sir. Red snapper? Yeah, yeah. The snapper is seasoned with lime juice, shadow benny, and onion. What's this dish called? Is there a name for it? This is called oil down. Oil down? Yeah. For oil down, they season breadfruit and meat with dasheen and green figs, then simmer in coconut milk. And, well, she uses pork, as you can see, which I know I can't have any, so that's okay. Now, your grandma, not a Muslim. No, Roman, the Roman uh, Catholic is... Roman Catholic? <laughs> Roman Catholics. Old school. Sacred heart up on the wall. I got a kind of a perfect one for you, so you'd have Oh, this. beautiful, thank you. Right? Pastel. This is mostly when the Spaniards were here, introduced this is a Spanish thing. Pastels are the Caribbean cousin to the tamale. Minced beef is wrapped in cornmeal dough, then in banana leaf, then steamed. She will feed you till you burst, like, yeah. like, like any grandmother, you know, right? Yeah. I'd be well looked after. And that is once a year. So when do these ordinarily... Uh, Christmas time. Christmas time. This is very, very delicious. Thank you very much. And one thing I vex about why didn't put ice in his glass. It's good, it's fine. So he must say thanks or whatever. You made tell Mohammed it's not good. So you have, so you have that generation. Very proper, like very, very proper. And one of the things about Trinidad oh, is that- don't bad talk me. I'm not bad talking you, I only speak the truth. <laughs> that generation very much believed in independence and that this nation would be something. And then they told their children, study and come and help this nation, build this nation, and it's gonna be something. And that generation, which was my parents, they did that. Right. And then they had kids, you know? And all of a sudden, it was like, okay, all these things you've been saying about building a nation and whatever, how come I'm seeing these people benefiting and I'm not? How come I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that, I'm seeing that? And there were very few answers, you know what I mean? So who runs this country? Like everywhere else. That, that 1%. Like everywhere else. Everybody here is very eager to tell you what a wonderful mix it is. And the food, if you look at it, it does, is this incredibly harmonious right. uh, stew pot. But I guess life doesn't work as well as food. No, the only thing we've agreed on in this place is how much salt to put in anything. So that's the only thing we've agreed on. Man, we on a mission. A whole world to change. Yeah. A whole world to it should be pointed out right now before you start packing your Speedo and your cocoa butter is an industrial island. And like so many places, industrialization is changing the landscape here. But some things persist, remain, echo from all the way back then. when West African slaves would covertly do this. Kalinda. This martial art, based on our research, is maybe five, six hundred years old. Stick fighting variations occur throughout the Caribbean, but in Trinidad and Tobago, it's like deep in the blood. 
This martial art was illegal for many, many years, yes? Yeah. I mean, certainly during slavery times, it was illegal. To this date, I believe there's still laws on our books that ban this stick. And if you're caught with it, you could go to jail. The laws of slavery times forced this sport underground. Like capoeira, it often had to be disguised as a dance. But this ain't no dance. The guys with the whip and the guys with the stick were all the guys saying, you have not broken us. We will continue to resist to the ends of time. Rondell Benjamin and Keegan Taylor studied fighting styles from around the world before coming around to their own homegrown martial art. Now, what's legal? What's not legal? Oh, let's is... say what's not legal. I hit to the legs, knees. Oh, damn, because that would be the first thing I think of. I'm thinking, I, I got to get that knee. That knee in particular. Now, to be honest, in stick fighting, legal and, and illegal is, is a concept, but it doesn't stop right. that kind of stuff from happening. Right. But I mean, look, look, let's face it, this is a pretty heavy object. Yeah. I get a good swing, a tee off, and I get a clean shot on the head. This is what the New York Police Department would call a deadly weapon. Yes, sir. If I'm fighting, if I'm really fighting, I'm a monster. I got to lick you down. I got to kill you. I got to dig you up. I got to bury you. I got to murder you. I got to take you out. The demon in me is going to come out. But I call that demon to walk in. King David is one of the old school street fighters who has kept this form from fading over the years. In Brazil and the Deep South, African slaves were given little to work with when it came time for the meal. More often than not, if they wanted meat, they had to make do with what the slave masters did not want. A tongue here, cow foot there. Here, as elsewhere, they figured out how to make something delicious and tender from whatever there was. Like sauce, pigfoot is pickled in shadow benny, onions and hot peppers, and then topped off with cucumbers. a martial art. You either win or you lose. Correct. How do you win? What decides winner? Who draws blood first win? All it requires is the end result. All you have to do is cut the guy. Blood is blood. What's the worst injury you've ever had in a fight? This finger. What's the worst injury you've seen in a fight? I lost, I see a man lost the eye. And also, I saw a man die. You had to be a real warrior, born, born, born fighter, to stand up there and face that demon, which walking like a man. east of Trinidad, its sister island, Tobago. A whole different vibe around here. More like what you'd hope for when you waddle away from the buffet on the SS Norwalk cruise ship. 
lazy beach days, boat drinks, villas, all set to a calypso beat. In the 1800s, slaves would sing the news and gossip of the day in a Creole patois to an African beat. Later, musicians added European-style melodies, and Calypso was born. The longtime reigning queen of this music, an absolute pioneer of the form, is Calypso Rose. Forgetting that the constitution is strong Instead of respecting the long, long reign They make it threat to take down the hand I've been breaking down walls Ever since I was tall They would stand up tall and strong Like a wrecking drum I would knock them down she was the first woman to win the Calypso King title, which tells you what the environment was like at the time for a female artist. Everywhere I reign supreme, the one and only Calypso Queen. No man alive or dead could come and take me from off me. Rose grew up in a large and strict Baptist family in Tobago until she was nine years old and was sent to live with her aunt in Trinidad. So she grew up with a foot in each island. What's the difference between growing up in Trinidad and growing up in Tobago? It's much different. To be going in that 99.5% African, they are African slave descendants. The culture is more African. And this, this year, is the cornmeal cuckoo. They call it fufu mm. in Africa. When Tobago, they say cuckoo. And this is kalaloo. And this is the kalaloo made from the leaves Dashins. of dashin, you know? But the great thing is the crab. Everybody come to Tobago and must eat crab and dumpling. The dry coconut, the greater the coconut, and the juice of that coconut, uh, you put it in the pot with your little ingredients like tomato, onion, chive, and your curry. Crunch it up. Good teeth. <laughs> if you have false teeth, be careful. All right. <laughs> so far, so good. Here's what I what really fascinates me is you started singing Calypso music and writing songs. Of course. At a time when it was only men. Your My father, father was, not was against it. Against it. My father was spiritual Baptist minister. My father said Calypso belongs to the devil. Calypso belongs to the devil, but <laughs> it also belonged to men. And here you are at age 15, age 13, doing 13, 13 doing right what here. was considered a completely revolutionary thing. What was it about you that made you strong enough and different enough and determined enough to choose to do such a difficult and unusual thing because when everybody was against My fans. Because some people at home, they saw they, 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 they're going through so much financially, economically, and being abused by the spouse. And they come out to have a good time. And when they come out, I bring joy to their heart. So is making beautiful things enough? Yes, making beautiful things enough. But when you start thinking consciously and beautiful things, 
like all the sea is rolling there. How the sea is moving, moving, moving. Making beautiful things, it's enough. It is enough. No island in the sun is paradise on earth. However it might look from the concrete blocks, glass cubicles, or wood boxes we may live in. All the dancing and music and great food in the world can never hold together by itself what would keep us apart. What might look like a utopian stew of ethnicities and cultures living together under gently swaying palms is, of course, a far more complicated matter. But Trinidad has done better than most and in proud and unique style. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.